0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. We've been talking about the parables of Jesus and today I'm going to try and cover a couple of parables and it's in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. Jesus said again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he found one, a pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had, and bought it. You know, the parables of Jesus are so amazing. I was saying about a word from the Lord, like the one I brought, but it's the same with the parables. There's a an initial message and, a, and an impact that it has on us and we understand something, but then the more we think about it and we meditate and soak in it, the more meaning and facets of meaning come out of it and we start to see, greater and greater things. And the more we are open to the message, the deeper it goes and the more impact it has in our lives. And often a parable will have a, a superficial meaning which is good and true, but then the deeper ones are the ones that are the most impactful, and there are various meanings depending on how we are approaching it. So, I had heard, when I was a younger Christian, I'd heard the parable of the pearl of great price. It's quite a famous parable, I've just read it here, where a man found a pearl and he sold everything he had and he bought it, but I hadn't realized that it was linked with another parable about a treasure hidden in a field. In my mind, I'd always just put those two together as the same parable, but listen, let me read it again. There's two different parables here. The kingdom of heaven, is like treasure, so it's something so valuable, treasure hidden in a field. There's a hiddenness, there's, there's a need to not just w- rush on by but to stop and search. We, some men found a f- uh, treasure in a field in Jersey 10 or 12 years ago over in the east of the island and it was one of the biggest corn, uh, coin hoards ever found And it was amazing, made national news, you can go and see it at Hugby at the moment in Jersey. But they they searched and searched. From when he was a little child at school, he remembered that somebody had brought a coin to school from that they'd found in a field and decades later when he was an adult, he went and he went back to that field and they dug and they searched for years and eventually they found it. It's that idea of something hidden, something valuable and something that requires a little bit of searching because many people hear about Jesus and it's a bit like the parable of the sower. The message just bounces off because they're not wanting to receive it and the treasure needs to be looked for. So. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like the treasure hidden in a field. So the initial meaning or impact for me as a hero of the parable is I must search for the treasure. And I believe Jesus wanted that to be the initial thought that we must, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure and we must search for it. And the pearl of great price is, is like Jesus, we must search for him, that's the initial one. But there are, there are different layers here. Listen to what it says. It's like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. So now suddenly I start to think, maybe it's not just about me finding the kingdom because I don't find something and then hide it again. If I find the kingdom of heaven and if I find Jesus, I don't hide him again. So this must be another layer of truth. And I believe it's talking about God, God You know, he made the world. There's this story about a man who painted a picture and then it got stolen and many years later he was walking past an art gallery and he saw his picture that he'd painted that had been stolen hanging in the art gallery. He went in and he said, that's mine. And they said, well, you gotta pay for it if you want it. And so he bought it and he said, I made it, but now I bought it. It's the same with God. He made us the treasure, his treasure, his people. You are a treasure to God, he made you, but then we sold ourselves as the human race when we sinned and believed the devil's rubbish lies. We sold ourselves as slaves to the devil and God found us, hid us again. He hid his plan to buy us back from the devil because uh, 1 Corinthians 2 says, if the devil had known what God was doing, he would never have crucified Jesus. God hid us again. He had this plan, and he was working it out, and then when Jesus came, he bought us back, but he bought the whole field. He bought the whole world back. Just to get you, he bought the whole planet. (laughs) That's amazing. Which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. You say to me, Greg, why do you think the field is the world? Because all of Jesus' parables, when he defines something in one of the parables, that definition carries through to all the others. He linked them up. It wasn't just random, odd stories. Whenever he defines something in one parable, that definition carries through to the other parables. So the seed is always the word of God, the field is always the world, And there's all these different meanings that he gives in other parables. So, that's the first one. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid and for joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Friends, the initial meaning which you need to get is, the kingdom of heaven is valuable. It's a treasure, it's a treasure it's worth finding. You could get all the money in the world. I'm paraphrasing different things Jesus said now. You could get all the money in the world, but if you haven't got God and eternal life, it's worth nothing, amen? Naked we all come into this world, naked we all leave. It doesn't matter how big our bank balance or our popularity or anything else, none of that goes with us. The kingdom of heaven is the most valuable treasure, and it's worth finding. And God then adds a layer. He says, you are my treasure. Do you know how valuable you are to him? If you were the only person on planet Earth who needed saving, let's just say everybody else was saved and you were the only one who weren't saved, Jesus still would have come and died on the cross for you because you're a treasure. It says he sold all that he had to buy that field. He gave up his life, gave his precious son, You know, the value of something is how much someone is willing to pay for it. I go to art galleries sometimes and I see a big frame with maybe one little splash of paint on it. And I say, to me, that's worth very, very little. But then I see a price tag on it, 23 million pounds or something. And I realize the value of something is what someone is willing to pay for it. God was willing to pay the life of Jesus, his own son, for you. You are valuable. You are a treasure. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Lord. And the action point for us is that it's worth searching. You know, we as humans are built to love a good search or a good puzzle. There's a couple of puzzles in this project we're doing at Christmas in the Royal Square. Um, one, of the, one of the churches is putting on a, a treasure hunt where you have to answer questions and go around St. Helier to find things. Another one is, is doing an escape room where you have to solve puzzles to escape from this tent that's pretty flimsy and you could just lift that flap anywhere and escape, but you get the idea. But we love a puzzle. You know, if somebody wrote a book and, they, and on the first page they gave you the answer to the mystery, you wouldn't read the rest of the book. We get pleasure out of unraveling the mystery and, and trying to solve the different parts of, of the question, don't we? We love that. Proverbs 25 two says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. God's made us that we wanna search. And I wanna say to you, you've got in you juices and instincts and desires to search, to win, to find, to overcome, to figure out. You've got them in you. If you're not using them to find the kingdom of God, you'll be using them for other things that are not beneficial to you. (laughs) Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. He says the world is seeking money, fame, popularity, all these other things they think will make them happy, but when he said seek first the kingdom of heaven, that's talking about figuring it out, searching, uncovering, digging, trying, working it out. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. It says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling because God has already worked in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. But we have gotta work it out. There's something in us that has to make an effort and try and figure it out. And it's not just finding Christ the first time. It continues all the way through our Christian life. Even when you've been a Christian for 50 or 60 years, there will still be things for you to discover and uncover about God. And that's part of the, the journey. If you've come to the place where you think, I know enough, I know it all, I, I understand Christianity, I understand God, I, I've, I've got it all figured out, then you've reached a point of stagnation and you're in danger, because we've got to be searching it out all the time. Amen? But then he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls And again, the first impact is I've gotta find Jesus, the pearl of great price, yes, that is true. But then it says, when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and he sold all that he had and he bought it. And that is talking about you. You know, we can sometimes think, yes, God died for the treasure of the world, yes, he died for the treasure of his church, but I'm just a nobody, it must be, Susie or or Grant or, or Matt or whoever it is that God died for not me but actually he says you are you are a treasure a pearl of great price I wonder if you realize how special you are to God today I wonder if you've realized that even if he had to do it again Jesus would come and die again for you that's how much he loves you And you know, if he went to all of that pain and cost to buy you, he's gonna keep working to keep you. You are valuable to him. He's got you in his hand. You are special. If we knew how excited God was about spending time with us, I think we would wanna spend more time with him. His his heart starts beating faster. He's filled with joy and excitement and happiness. (laughs) In the Old Testament, it says, the Lord your God is mighty to save. He will rejoice over you with singing. He will rejoice over you with love. And it talks about God dancing when we come into his presence to meet with him. He loves you. You are so precious to him. When you come into his presence, he loves you. There's nothing but love that he has for you. But now I just wanna close by talking about three other parables, which I probably won't have time to read all, but I will just refer to them. In Matthew 18 and in Luke 15, there are three lost things that are mentioned. So in Matthew 18, it starts off, and Jesus calls a little child to himself, a, a tiny little child, and he talks about how precious little children are, that they always, uh, their, their angels are always in the presence of God, that the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these, that they are close to God, that we need to become like them to enter the kingdom of God. He says these little children and he's got this little child standing next to him and he's telling the story. And then he tells the story of three lost things. The first one is a lost sheep. He said there was a shepherd who had 100 sheep and one of the sheep wandered off and the shepherd left the 99 and went to find the one lost sheep. And when he found him, he put him on his shoulders. That speaks of care and healing and comfort but also maybe because the sheep was wounded from going away from the shepherd and it needed to be carried back and maybe also a little bit of discipline where the shepherd says, now you must listen to me now. The the shepherd takes the sheep and he brings it back to the 99. And he said this at the end of that little parable in Matthew 18, uh, verse 14. Even so, it is not the will of your Father in, who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. So he's just told the parable of the lost sheep. One sheep out of the 100 has gone off and he's going to find it and then he concludes, he says, it is not the will of your Father that one of these little ones should perish. He was talking about children. He was saying children up to a certain age are going to heaven. They are forgiven children are saved, but there comes a point where they wander off, and also in that passage he says, things that cause offense and sin will come, but woe to him through whom they come. So every child will come to a point where they wander off and they need to come back, and the parable of the 99 and the one is talking about us finding children who have wandered away and need to get saved again. It's That's what the the context of that parable is about, which is why youth ministry is so important. The lost sheep. Why am I gonna show you these three lost things? Because they go together with the treasure hidden in a field. Once I've realized I am the treasure and Jesus is the treasure, he then says, there's a field with other treasures. You must now help me go to find them and bring them in. And when there are 99 saved ones, he says you must go out and you must find the one that has wandered away and you must bring them back. I'm deeply challenged by that and I hope you are too. The reason, one of the reasons we are called Lighthouse Church is because a lighthouse shines out to the lost and the, the struggling in the sea and says come, there's a safe Haven, there's a safe place, there's a safe path. We have gotta be looking out for the lost ones. There's a story, it's probably not a true story, but I believe it's a helpful story about a a sea rescue organization built around a lighthouse where they used to go out every night with all their their gear on and their protective gear and their boats life rafts, and they would guard into the stormy seas to rescue people who were drowning, and then they would come back in, they would clean them up, and they would have coffee and tea together, and they would rejoice that they'd brought another one in. But over time, they started just arriving at the lighthouse, and they wouldn't go out anymore. They would talk about how they would go out, but actually they would just have coffee together. And over time, it just became a case of them singing songs about going out, never going out, and having tea and coffee together. And I want to tell you, I've been in churches where that instinct that God has given us to search and to find has been turned inwards, and we start fighting each other instead of fighting the devil, and we start trying to change each other instead of trying to save the lost, and that is a terrible church to be in. Amen? So he says, there's a lost sheep and we have gotta go out. And it's not just, you know, it's not just one shepherd who's supposed to go out. All of us are supposed to be looking, looking, reaching, because Jesus puts us in jobs and relationships and places that he wants to save people from. And it's not just the clergy, the pastor who's supposed to do that, amen? Second parable is the lost coin. Luke 15 verse eight. A woman having 10 silver coins, she loses one. She lights a lamp, she sweeps the house, she searches carefully until she finds it and when she has found it she calls her friends and neighbors together saying rejoice with me. I found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of of God over one sinner who repents. He says we are supposed to be, yes, we're the treasure in the field, yes, we're the pearl of great price, yes, God found us and we found him, but now those lost people out there, we should treat them as valuable as if 10% of your income or your savings were lost. How would you react? I don't know how much you've got in the bank and I don't know how much you earn every month. But imagine one month, 10% of it was just gone. You looked at your bank statement, it's gone. You looked at your pay slip, it's gone. I promise you, you would start searching for it. Isn't that true? If 10% of your income was gone, you would make some emotional and, and practical steps to get that back. You would make phone calls, you would write letters, You would do research, you would talk to officials, you would do whatever it takes to say, where's my money gone? And God says that attitude is the same attitude we should have for a lost person out there. Wow, are you challenged? You say to me, well that's fine. I just want the first two parables please, Greg. I just wanna be the pearl of great price and the treasure in the field and I wanna be found by Jesus and I wanna just just come to church, please. He says, no, no, my parables. Remember what I spoke about two weeks ago. If my life is built on the foundation of the rock, it will stand. I can't just pick which bits of rock. It's a lump of rock. It's all of Jesus' words. Amen? And then the third lost thing, Luke chapter 15 is the lost son. There were two sons. They were living with their dad. The younger son got rebellious, the oldest son got proud. The younger son said, I hate you, dad. You say to me, did he say, I hate you, dad? He said, I want my inheritance now, which is the same as saying, I wish you would die and he rebelled, he rejected his dad, he rejected his brother, he went off, he paid the price for being out there away from the father, and when he realized this is not a happy place to be, he came back, and he was repentant, and he was broken, and he changed his mind, and he loved his dad again, and his dad forgave him completely, (laughs) The oldest son never went away, but he was proud. He said to his dad, I've always been with you. I've been working night and day. I've never done anything wrong. You've never given me the recognition I deserve. I don't want to come into a party to celebrate my brother's return. He thought he deserved it. And at the end of the day, if the party is heaven, the prodigal son is in heaven and the older proud son is not. So what do we do with this? We say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your parables. Thank you that you searched for me. Thank you that I am so precious to you. And thank you that you are so precious. But Lord, now I want to let that seep through the whole of me. And I want to become one who cares so much for the lost sons, for the lost coins, for the lost sheep. And Lord, that field of the world that you bought, I wanna start claiming back parts of it and parts of that treasure that are still hidden and I wanna bring them back into your house. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your words. Thank you for your life and your love and your power. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, God, that you said every time we come back to you, we call on your name, we confess our sins, you are faithful to forgive us, to save us, to cleanse us, to heal us completely. And so, Lord, we come back to you. We say, please, Lord, don't let me become a treasure who got proud of how important I was and forgot about the lost ones where I used to be. Help me, Lord, help me, Lord. Lord, I pray for the young people in our lives, but also in this island of Jersey. The children and especially the teenagers, those lost sheep, Lord, I pray that you would bring them in, Lord. Bring them in, Lord, save them, show yourself to them, and use us to reach them. I pray for our Christmas outreach in the Royal Square, Lord, where there is a chance for some of those precious treasures to be brought back, those ones you've bought and paid for. I pray, Lord, that you would bring young children, parents, young teenagers and young adults to know you, to see you, to to get a, a, a desire to come close to you. In Jesus' name. And I pray for everyone in this room, Lord, that you would help us to make sure that we've got our priorities the same as your priorities, Lord, to realize how valuable we are, but there's still many lost ones out there that we need to be reaching. I thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or LighthouseJersey.com